just to set up our brand new teaching series, and the series is The Things I Wish Jesus Had Never Said. And um, uh, we're going to look at this over the next five weeks together. And I don't know about you, but there are things I wish I had never said. Anyone ever had that? You've been in that situation where you think, oh, I know Anna said that. Like just a few weekends ago, when me and Simon are in Albania, and we're in part of the celebration uh, for the church there, and we went to a banquet, and uh, one of the people come up to me and said, uh, we're going to do some Albanian dancing now. Do you want to join us? I so wish I'd have said no. <laughs> but because I said yes, and Simon, who used to be my friend... Okay, and who used to work here. No, I'm joking. I'm joking on that. Put the video up on Facebook. How many of you saw the video? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was horrendous. And you, there's some things that you wish you'd never said or then that you wish you'd never done. But, you know, there are some things that we think Jesus said that he never did. We think Jesus said these things, but he never did. And uh, just a few kind of lighthearted things uh, that I've seen on Facebook and stuff. Peter, do you love me? You know I do, Lord. Then share that Facebook post. He never said that. Okay, that's not what he said. Or this one, everybody will totally like you for being my follower. That's actually nothing like what Jesus said. Or we can't feed all these people. It will only create dependency. Jesus never said that. And then the last one, YOLO. He never said that neither, okay? You only live once. There are some things that actually we've got into our heads that we think Jesus said that he never did. But you know, there are, th there are some things we wish Jesus never said, but he did. And I've been really looking into this over the summer, and I've been really challenged by some of the things Jesus said that I wish he never did. Like, turn the other cheek. Do you know what I mean? I mean, come on, when someone's hurt you, all right, Jesus says, turn the other cheek. You just kind of wish they didn't say that. Or the fact that I've cheated on my wife if I even just check out an attractive woman, because that's what Jesus said. Those are some of the things that you think, oh, I wish he never said that. Or that you can't love God and money at the same time. Or that if you follow him, you're going to get trouble in your life. Or you might even be persecuted for your beliefs. And the list goes on and on. And there are some things that if we're honest this morning, we just wish that Jesus had never said, but he did. And our hope and prayer is that over the next five weeks, as we look at five different things that Jesus said, our hope and prayer is that by the end of these five weeks, that you will be really glad that he did say them. Because we want to open up some of these things. Some of these, these statements and some of these things are well known to some of us. Some of them are a little bit more obscure, but we're going to open them up in a, hopefully in a helpful way over the next five weeks. And so the first thing that we're going to look at that we wish Jesus never said this is when Jesus said these words, do not worry about your life. That's so easy, isn't it? It's so easy to do. Don't you just wish that Jesus never said, do not worry about your life. You see, I think the problem is when we hear those words, what we instinctively hear in our head is this. And I want to dance now just to show you that the dancing still hasn't left me. Together, about a thing. Can't hear you? Every little thing. Be alright. You see, that's what we hear. That's what we hear in our heads. Okay, guys. That's what we hear when we hear those words from Jesus, isn't it? Do not worry about your life. And what we hear is Bob Marley singing, do not worry about a thing. Every little thing is going to be all right. Can I just say that's not what Jesus meant? Okay, that is not what Jesus meant. And what we're going to look at this morning is this question. Is it possible to live a worry-free life? 
Actually, Jesus said, do not worry about your life. So it must be possible. But the problem is we don't understand what Jesus meant when he said, do not worry about your life. But this morning, that is what we're going to open up together. But before we do that, we are going to worship God. We are going to sing. So why don't we stand together? Excel, if you want to head, head out, have a great morning, guys and girls. Have a fantastic time. We're going to take our offering uh, at the same time as we sing and as we worship. And can I just say, guys, that as we worship this morning... We're going to look at some real issues today. We're going to create a space here for real honesty. And whether you've been a Christian for years and years and years, or whether you're on a a path of exploration, or whether you're not sure what you believe, worry is something that impacts every single one of us, okay? And we're going to be honest this morning, and we're going to look at what Jesus said, and what Jesus meant when he said what he said. And we hope and pray that by the end of this morning, you will be so glad you came and you'll be so glad that Jesus said what he said. So I'm going to pray and then we're going to worship. We're going to focus on our great and our amazing God this morning. And if you've got worries and concerns or anxieties this morning, don't try and switch them off. Don't try and put them on one side. Bring them to God. Bring them to God. Bring them to worship. Bring them, as you sing these amazing songs, bring them to God. Don't try and leave them because then what you'll do is you'll leave them, you'll worship God, you'll listen, then you'll go and you'll pick them up again. Bring them to God because God can transform you. God can transform what we bring to Him. But God can't do anything with what we're not honest about. So let me pray this morning. Father, we thank You that You created, Lord, us to worship You and to know You. And God, because you are the creator, you know your creation better than even we do. God, you know that we worry. You know that we're anxious. And yet Jesus spoke into the middle of that and said, do not worry about your life. So God, I pray that this morning as we worship you and as we look at your word and as we listen and learn together, God, I pray that you will create in this space such a sense of your presence that, Lord, that we will leave here different than how we arrived. And God, I want to pray right now as we worship you. You are the great lion and you are the lamb. You are the one who is above everything. You are the God who is above our worries and above our fears and above our anxieties. And yet you love us and care for us. So God, now as we worship you, God, would you come and would you visit us? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Just incredible songs of truth there, weren't there? You know, just for us to frame uh, ourselves as we look at this subject, do not worry about your life. But the reality is we do worry about lots of things. And so what I want to do is for us to have a little bit of honesty here this morning. And I want to, I want you to help me this morning by just saying some of the things that we do worry about. And I'm going to try and draw some symbols to explain it if I can. Or if not, I'll just make some squiggles and pretend. So what are some of the things that we worry about in life? Children. Okay, so we've got little ones. There you go. Camera hopefully is picking it up and on the screen. Can we put it up on the screen, Mick? That'd be great. What else? We worry about our kids. What else do we worry about? Finance. Finance. What else? Work. Work. There we go. And what else do we worry about in life? Our weights. Our weights. The pounds. Like what I did there? I caught it there. What else? Health. 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 This is a stethoscope. It's close. Uh, I haven't been practicing. I didn't know what you were going to say. Do I? This is all natural and all just happening before your very eyes. What else? So we worry about the kids. We worry about finance at work. We worry about weight. We worry about health. Sorry? 
A horse. <laughs> okay, we worry about horses. Yep, art was never my thing. There we go. What else do we worry about? <laughs> Some of you are artists and art teachers are just dying as you sit and watch me here this morning. What else do we worry about? World events. Good one. Yeah, we worry about the world, don't we? Uh, this is kind of like the globe. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That's the world. Okay. The church. Someone said the church. Yeah. Okay. We may worry about the church. Cool. What else do we worry about? Parents. Parents. <laughs> what else do we worry about in life? People. Okay. Yeah. We worry about people close to us, those not close to us, far away. Death. Wow. We worry about death, the future, okay, uh, the future, there you go, <laughs> I'm really literally making this up on the spot, okay, so we worry about kids, we worry about parents, we worry about people, we worry about, Luke worries about horses, so we're kind of worried about Luke as well, I'll just leave that one out there uh, for you, finance, work, weight, health, the world, church, death, the future, anything else that we worry about? The past, wow, good. The past. Yep, relationships, people. Okay. Change, good. Safety, yeah. We worry about the world, don't we? We worry about, we worry about ISIS. We worry about the future. We worry about the Middle East. We worry about our own doorstep. We worry about so many things. Okay, so we'll leave it there. Okay, so we worry about a lot. And yet in the midst of all this, Jesus comes along and says, do not worry about your life. But the reality is this is our life, isn't it? This kind of encompasses and incorporates aspects of our life. And whether you're a Christian this morning or not, this is really relevant to you, okay? Because we all worry about all kinds of things. And yet Jesus came along and said these immortal words, uh, do not worry about your life. The thing is... Um, there's a kind of like a worry continuum because in one sense we've got, we've got kind of like the, the normal kind of worry stuff that we're going to look at. And then if you go down the continuum, you've got kind of like your mild anxiety in the middle. And then right the way down here, you've got anxiety, which can lead to stress and de or depression and some of those mental health kind of areas. But I'm not going to focus there. I don't think that's what Jesus was speaking into. I think what Jesus was speaking into is more this kind of area, the normal everyday worries that you and I have. And I can prove that because the things that he mentioned were the normal everyday worries that people in the first century had. He wasn't speaking uh, about the global issues. He wasn't speaking about the huge things of life. But he was speaking about the normal important things that actually can come along and can cause us to worry. And the thing is, we don't quite understand what Jesus was forbidding and what he was commanding us to do until we really dive into the text. You see, the definition of worry is to feel uneasy or troubled, to cause to feel anxious, distressed or troubled. The biblical word means to divide the mind. The old English word means to strangle the life out of. And what Jesus is saying is that I don't want you to live in such a way that the life that I have for you is strangled in you because of these everyday worries. 
Now, he's not talking about the bigger things of the world when he's talking about this. He's talking about the everyday things that you and I face every single day. He says, I don't want you to live in such a way that the worries of this life strangle the life that I have for you. That it chokes everything out of you. You see, the the first translations of the Bible, the early translations, they translated this verse, be not busy to your life or be not careful. In other words, be not full of care. In other words, don't be so preoccupied with these things that they choke the life out of you. You see, when we allow worry to do that, it has lots of effects. It has physical effects. It has emotional effects. It has relational effects on people around us. And it has spiritual effects as well. Jesus says, do not worry like this because it will kill the life of me in you. It will kill the life I intended you to live. Jesus is not saying, don't think about your life. Don't plan, don't consider, don't make or take decisions. Jesus is not Bob Marley. Jesus is not saying, don't worry about a thing. Every little thing will be all right. That's not what he's saying. So what I want to do this morning is I want to work you through the text where Jesus says this. We're going to go verse by verse this morning and we're going to open this up. And at the end, at the end of it, I'm going to invite you to bring your worries and your concerns to the one who can heal you, to the one who can transform you, to the one who can bring you peace His name is Jesus. So we're going to turn in our Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. If you've got a Bible, maybe it's on your app, maybe it's on your tablet, maybe it's a a proper Bible, a real one with paper. Or if you've not got any of those, then the verses are going to come up on the screen. So what is Jesus saying to us in 2016? I want to work through four uh, kind of things that I, I think he's saying do not do. And then we're going to look at three things that he's saying do do. Okay, and that's great English there for you right there. So we're going to look at it together. So the first thing is, uh, we go in verse 25. Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? The first thing Jesus says is this, don't forget your life is more than stuff. Your life is more than stuff. And what Jesus does is he uses the three things that in the first century they were most concerned about. Their food, their clothes, and their drink. What am I going to drink? What am I going to eat? And what am I going to wear? Those were the three big things that they were worried about in the first century, okay? He wasn't speaking about pestilence and war and the big global issues. He was speaking about the personal issues that people were concerned about. Food, water, and, and, and clothing. These are Some of these are some of our equivalent first century things that we concerned about. But what Jesus is saying is that there is more to life than this stuff. And I, I, some of you, all of you know, all of you know that this year I've lost a little bit of weight. Many of you have been to me. In fact, you came to me at the start of the year, some of you helpfully, when I said, I really feel God has spoken to me and I'm going to try and lose weight and I'm going to go to the gym and I've never been able to do that in my life and it's my 50th year. And I'm going to. And some of you very helpfully said, yeah, we'll see how long that lasts. Love you to bits. And then some of you now, though, are coming along to me regularly and saying, please don't lose any more, okay? And in fact, when I was in Albania two weeks ago, I can't tell you how many people, and they listened to the podcast, so can I just say if you're listening, I love you, okay? But they came to me so so many of them, and because of the English and because they're much more direct than we are, they looked at me. They hadn't seen me for a year, and they said, are you sick? <laughs> what is your sickness? Do you know what I mean? Because they, I have lost a bit of weight. But as part of that, through the year, of course, my clothes, like all of a sudden, were massive. And so I've, had to, I've gone on this little thing about having to change all my clothes, and, what, and I've had to get a grip of my head, and my wife has helped me to get a grip of my head, because I've got a little bit obsessed by the clothes that I wear. And I have to open my wardrobe, and I realize that I have more clothes in my wardrobe than some whole villages have. 
and so do you. And when you and I walk down an aisle in Asda, we see more food down that one aisle than some villages see in the whole year. And yet these are the things that we can sometimes get obsessed about and focused on. Jesus is saying, your life is more than stuff. Don't let worry strangle the life out of you when the worry that you're worried about is only worry about stuff. Life is more than stuff. Don't forget it. Secondly, then look at the birds of the air, verse 26. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? What's the answer? Yes, of course it is. Jesus is saying, don't forget, embrace your advantage. This is important. Jesus is saying, you have an advantage over the animal kingdom. You see, the animal kingdom does not anticipate. The animal kingdom does not plan in the way that you and I do. The animal kingdom does not look to the future in the way that you and I do. And Jesus is not saying that that's bad. Jesus is saying you can plan and you can anticipate and you can save and you can store and you can put away. That's all good. But listen, if I look after the animal kingdom that doesn't do all of that, that doesn't have that advantage, are you not much more valuable than they? So embrace your advantage. Don't let worry choke the life out of you. You see, the downside to the advantage that we have over the animal kingdom is that we worry because we can anticipate, don't we? We have anxiety because we can think. We have anxiety because we can plan ahead and we can look ahead. But what happens is that in our looking ahead, the downside of the advantage is worry. You see, you don't get a buffalo that lies down in the middle of the Serengeti and says, I'm just depressed. I don't know where I'm going in my life. You don't get it. You don't get a budgie in a cage that's anxious and crying because he thinks that maybe one day that the owner will not feed him anymore. It just doesn't happen. You don't get animals on that because they don't have that advantage that we have. But the downside of the advantage is that we can worry. Jesus is encouraging us to embrace our advantage, to do what we can do, to plan and to prepare, to, to do all that stuff, but then to let it go and give it to God. And don't worry. Your life is more than stuff. Embrace your advantage. You matter so much to God, even if God doesn't matter to you. You matter this morning so much to God, even if this morning God doesn't matter to you. And you are so much more valuable than the whole animal kingdom that he created. And I want to get this right, okay? My understanding theologically, okay, and some of you animal lovers, God created the world and God created animals, but the centerpiece of God's creation is human beings. And he's given us an advantage and he's given us a soul and he's given us that ability to respond. But with that has come the downside, which is worry. And so Jesus is saying, don't forget, embrace your advantage. But life is more than stuff. Thirdly, can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And the answer is no. Don't forget, worry doesn't help. Now, I know that doesn't help to hear that worry doesn't help. Okay. And I've been very worried about saying that this morning to you. But, but don't forget that worry doesn't help. You know that the research on this is very conclusive. 40% of things that we worry about never happen. Never happen. 30% are things about the past that actually we can't change. 10% uh, are around health-related issues which get worse when we worry because of stress. And only 8% of things that we worry about are actually anything that we can do anything about. And so Jesus says very simply and great wisdom, don't forget, worry doesn't help. But then he goes to the fourth thing, and this is the big one. This is where it goes deep. Then Jesus says, and it's almost like Jesus is kind of leading them somewhere. Okay, he's such a brilliant communicator that he's taking them on a journey. So he started off by saying, hey, life's more than stuff. 
and, and embrace your advantage over the animal kingdom. And worry doesn't help, but, but he's going somewhere. And this is what he says. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans, and that, that isn't meaning to be a, a, a disparaging term, it's just those who don't know God. For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. And here's the fourth thing. Don't forget the core issue is trust. The core issue is trust. Who do you and I trust? Here's where we wish Jesus never said what he said. <laughs> we kind of wish he didn't say that. Because when we do worry then, we start to think, oh, and then we kind of feel a little bit guilty. Because we're, am I saying I don't trust you? Yes. Yes, at a level that is exactly what we're saying. And the reference to the flowers and the fields are important because in Israel at this time, there were some uh, poppies that used to grow on hillsides in, in, in Israel. And uh, they grew often in a day and they were beautiful, but they would be picked in a day and thrown into fires to help start the fire for cooking and stuff. And Jesus said, listen, these flowers that appear on the hillside that only last a day and are thrown into a fire are so beautifully made by me are you not much more valuable than they? Why wouldn't I look after you when I look after them? They're flowers that grow up in a day and are gone. Why wouldn't I look after you? The core issue is, do you trust me? A lady called Mary Crowley said this, Every evening I turn my worries over to God. He's going to be up all night anyway. It's a great phrase, isn't it? And I've, I'm kept awake at night. I've been kept awake at night by worries. I'm sure I'm not the only one. But what an amazing thought. Every evening, I turn my worries over to God. He's going to be up all night anyway. <laughs> you know, the sun comes up every single day. It travels 1.6 million miles. The entire solar system, including the earth, goes at 370 miles a second, 32 million miles per day. And you and I have nothing at all to do with any of that. Did you know that? Nothing that you do adds to that one iota. Nothing at all. Jesus is saying, don't forget, God the Father has got it all covered without you. Do you trust me? Do you trust me? Because it's all covered without you. And then to really stick the knife in, in verse 32, he says, I get it. I understand people who don't know God who worry, but you know me. Oh, that's painful, isn't it? That's like, ouch. And if you read it in the message, it says, people who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things. They fuss over all these things. But you, who know both God and how he works, come on, you know me, Jesus is saying. And then, he's, and then he goes on to say in the message, steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing it. You'll find your everyday human concerns will be met. What Jesus is saying is this, I get it with people who don't know God. Maybe this morning you're someone who says, I don't think I know God. And Jesus said, I get it. But many of you would say, I do know God. And Jesus said, I get it with people who don't know God, but what I don't get is it with you guys. Leon, I don't get it with you because you know me and you know how much I love you and you know how when the sun comes up, it has nothing to do with you and I've got it. I've got it covered. So why do you worry so much? And it's not out of condemnation. It's out of a real heart for us. He doesn't want us, to, he doesn't want these worries to choke the living life out of us. He wants us to live a free life. We're no longer slaves to fear. We are no longer slaves to anxiety or to worry. So why do you worry? Because you know me. 
Let me just say a little bit of a word here to our culture and our generation especially the millennial generation, those of you that are born in 1990 or beyond, uh, one of the hallmarks of the millennial generation is that you are the option generation. You have more options than any other generation that's ever lived on planet Earth, especially in the first world. It's not true if you live in other parts of the world, but in the developed world, you are the option generation. And one of the hallmarks of your generation is that there are so many things that you can now do that you've got to keep your options open all the time because your biggest fear is you don't want to miss out. And that creates anxiety like no one would believe. Because you're so fearful at times of missing out that you don't commit. And it leads to some apathy. And it leads to some indecision. And it leads to this sense of, I don't want to miss out, so I'm not going to step in. And all that does is creates more worry and more anxiety that you'll miss out. And Jesus is saying, that's not how I want you to live your life. And if this morning you've not fully committed your life to Jesus, I want to say to you, it starts when you commit your life to him. And some of you who are younger, you'll look at the Ford and, you know, I, I'm 50 now, okay? And, and those of you that, have, that are, are of my age or older, you'll know how quick life moves, don't you? You'll know how quick life moves and how all of a sudden, you, you know, this weekend we went to Merry Hill on um, Saturday uh, with Simeon and, and we, were, we, we thought, oh, we've forgotten. This is the weekend that everyone's getting their shoes for the kids at school and stuff. And, and it caused us to think back, you know, and just how quick the years go. But you know, if you live your life always waiting, always wanting something better to come along, you'll miss life. You'll miss life. Jesus says, don't live like that. Commit to God. Commit to me. And you'll live a life that I intended you to live all along. So what do we do with worry that comes our way? These are some of the things not to do. So don't forget, Jesus says, you know, that, that life's more than stuff. Don't forget to embrace your advantage. You know, don't forget that, um, that worry doesn't help. And don't forget that the core issue here is trust. Do you trust me? So what do we do with worry? Because all of us worry. What do we do? Some of my favorite stories about worry, I've said these before. I love this one. There's a guy who hired someone to worry for him. And he said, I'm going to give you £200,000 a year as your salary and you'll worry for me. And the man said, well, where will you get that salary from? And the guy said, that's your worry. And I love that. You know? And I love that Arthur Rank, who was, who was an executive, uh, an English executive guy, a business guy, and he decided that he was going to worry only on a Wednesday. And so what he did was when, when a worry came at him, he wrote it on a piece of paper and he put it in a box marked Wednesday. And when Wednesday came, he opened the box and he read through the worries and he realized that as he read them, that many of them he wasn't worried about anymore because they're gone because 40% of what we worry about Never happens. So what do we do? You can do that if you want, or you can hire someone for 200 grand, but that isn't going to fly. But what do we do? Well, I want to give you three things this morning, which are so important. Firstly, declare your trust in God at the start of every day. Get ahead of worry. You see, worry has an amazing habit of being daily, doesn't it? That it kind of comes every day at times. There are times in our life when one or more of these things comes at us every day. So at the start of every day, declare your trust in God. Get ahead of the worry. If you get ahead of the worry, you know, rather than it chasing you, maybe you will start to chase it away. And so every day say, God, today I'm going to trust you. God, today I know I am much more valuable than the flowers and the birds of the air. And God, no matter what happens today with my kids or at work or with my weight or my health or whatever, God, I'm going to trust you. Get ahead of God. You know, there's some doctrines, okay? When we look at doctrine, that's a big word that basically talks about what we believe. And there's one called the doctrine of transcendence, which basically is this idea that God is above us all. 
Okay, so for you, O Lord, are high above all the earth. That's what we often sing in our songs. The doctrine of transcendence, that God is all powerful, that God is above it all. We've sung it this morning that your cross stands above it all. He's the lion. But here's the other thing. There's also the doctrine of imminence. Not only is he transcendent above, but he's imminent. In other words, he's close. So he's the lion and he's the lamb. So he's the one who's above it all, and yet he's the one who is with us. He's God with us. He's Emmanuel, God with us. He's there. How do we understand that? This is a great way of understanding it. Every metaphor breaks down. This picture is a famous picture that some of you will know. This is J.F. Kennedy. Okay, One of the presidents of the United States was assassinated in the 60s. And underneath there is his son. And this is the Oval Office. So you've got now the most powerful man in the world. And you've got his kid playing underneath the desk. And it's a beautiful picture of transcendence and imminence. You see, the father is comfortable in the presence of the son. And the son is comfortable in the presence of the father. But the father is always the father. He's still the most powerful man in the world at the desk. And yet his son has free access to it. And it's a beautiful picture, I think, of what, how God wants us from these two foundational principles. God invites us into a friendship where every day we have free access to go into daddy's office the most powerful person in the universe, not in the world, in the universe, transcendence. But we have that ability to go into his office and to interact with him. And so I want to encourage you, at the start of every day, get ahead of your worries. And maybe just a simple prayer to say, God, today, help me to trust you. Amen? Help me to trust you. Yeah, I've got a tough day at work. Yeah, I don't quite know how the boss is going to react. I don't quite know what's going to go on. You know, I don't quite know what's happening with my kids, but you know what? I'm going to trust you, God. I am going to put my trust. I'm going to declare my trust in you. Secondly, decide you're going to run after what God is doing today. Verse 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. You see, Jesus says, I know what you need. And he says that so many times in the text we've looked at. I know what you need. I know what they need, the birds and the flowers and all of that. I know what you need. If you run after me and what I am doing today, then actually I'm going to give you all that you need. I may not give you all that you want. That's another big deal. One of the things that we have so much anxiety and worry is that we also are the culture of in, the generation of entitlement. So we are, we, you see, in the first century, they wanted food, they wanted water, they wanted clothes. Our big anxieties are, we want so many foreign holidays, we want so many new cars, we want so many big houses, we want so much stuff, we want so many other things, and we think we're entitled to it. Now, God never said, I'll give you what you want, but he did say, I'll give you what you need. And when we choose to run after God and what God is doing today, that is one of the greatest antidotes to worry. And Jesus says, seek first his kingdom. Seek. And that word seek means go after it with all your heart and passion. Like when you lose your mobile phone. Do you know what I mean? Like that. Think about it like that. When you lose your mobile phone, some of you use it, lose it on a regular basis. Uh, or when you lose your keys or when you lose your wallet or your purse, you seek after it, don't you? You go for it because it's so important to you. Jesus says, seek first what God is doing today. And I want to say to you, if we will enter into what God is doing today, that's a great antidote to worry. Because worry is always about tomorrow, isn't it? And Jesus says, listen, worry is always about tomorrow. We'll get on to tomorrow in a moment today. But, but actually, if you seek after what I'm doing today, and, and so that's why it says, seek first his kingdom. In other words, do what God is doing today. What's God doing today? I'll tell you what God is doing today. He's loving people. He's loving people. He's reaching out to people. 
He's helping people who are poor, who are disadvantaged, who are marginalized. He's helping people who are weighed down by the cares and the troubles and the worries of this world. He's helping people who don't know him, who haven't heard about him. That's what he's doing today. And so one of the greatest antidotes to worry is move towards people. You start loving people today. You start serving people today and you won't have any time or capacity or ability to worry too much about what you're worried about. It's a great antidote to worry. Seek first, run after, decide you're going to run after what God is doing today. And then thirdly, yeah, Leon, that's great, but I've still got some worries. Deposit your worries into a box called tomorrow. It's what he says, the last verse, verse 34. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. How many of you know that's true? Don't worry about tomorrow. Take your worries and deposit them in a box called tomorrow. Do what you can today, but then put all the worry into a box called tomorrow. And when tomorrow comes, guess what? Tomorrow becomes today. And God says, I meet you today. Today is the day. Today is the day of salvation. I'll give you grace when you need it, the Bible says in the book of Corinthians. I'll give you grace when you need it today. So put worries into the box called tomorrow. 1 Peter 5 verse 7, cast all your cares onto him for he cares for you. In other words, take your worries and put them in a box called tomorrow. Do all you can do, but then put your worries and the anxiety into a box called tomorrow. And then as I was preparing this, I found myself getting a little bit worried about this bit, because I thought some of you would then be saying something like this. Yeah, Leon, that's all right. Okay, that's all right for you. And that's all right for all this stuff that you've talked about, this normal type life stuff. But actually, I'm a little bit further down here. And you don't know my story, is what some of you are saying. And you don't know what I'm worried about right now. You don't know what I'm anxious about. And that's true, I don't. But I want to ask you a question, and I want to ask you this lovingly. What's more dependable? Your worry or your heavenly father? Because I don't understand where you are and I don't know where you are and I'm not living your life. But I want to ask you, because what are you going to do with the worries that you've got? Because however far down this continuum it is or however big or serious it is, you've got a choice is whether you're going to lean on worry or whether you're going to lean on your heavenly father. There's a verse in the Bible and I think we translate it a little bit different. Trust in worry with all your heart and lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge worry and then what? And then what? Actually, the Bible doesn't say that. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your paths straight. In John 14, Jesus is trying to prepare His followers for the time when He's going to leave them. And that's worry. And He says, do not worry. Do not be worried or upset because I'm going away, but I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And then he says in John 14, verse 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. You see, see what the world gives is temporary, isn't it? And it's stuff-based. But what I give is eternal and it's not stuff-based. It's much deeper than that. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. He says that to them and then later on, they don't get it. Later on, they see him taken away, beaten, tortured, crucified, and killed, and put in a tomb. What's that about? But then three days later, they see him resurrected. They see him do exactly what he said he'd do. And then they say, do you know, if this guy who can predict, predict his own death and resurrection and pull it off, my money's on him. If this guy can predict his own death and resurrection and pull it off, why would I worry? 
And if you read the Bible, they go from being fear-filled, anxiety-ridden, worry-obsessed people to world-changing people, and they write the book of Acts. And like they go from being this timid, gripped by indecision and inaction and passivity and worry and fear to being people who change the world. That's amazing. Because they meet the resurrected Christ. I'm going to invite the band back up because later on, in the story of the church, another generation grows up and they also succumb to worry, which we all do. And then Jesus finds another guy called Paul to write the same message to them. And this is what Paul says in Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. Now listen, this is the verse that I believe the Holy Spirit wants to leave with you. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. His peace will guard your heart and mind. And that word guard in the literal language, in the original language, literally means a sentry on duty. So if you've ever seen, if you've ever been to Buckingham Palace or we were in Rome recently and we saw the Swiss guards outside the Vatican or you've been and you've seen the Queen's guards outside Buckingham Palace and you'll see how they're on, on, on duty and and when you were a kid, you don't do it now because you're an adult and you put away those childish things. Some of you do do this. You try and make them laugh, don't you? Or you try and get them to look at you and stuff, but they don't. Because they're impassive and they're there and they're guarding the, the door. And that's the word that Paul uses. And he says, let the peace of Christ guard. Let him put a sentry on your mind and a sentry on your heart. And my prayer for you this morning, and I believe that what God would want to say is this, that whatever it is that you're anxious about, whatever it is that you're worried about this morning, God wants to say, I want to put a guard, a sentry on duty, on your mind and on your heart. That's what I want to do. You know, this morning, if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, this is a great reason to come to him just on its own, isn't it? You see, we as Christians, we, we have worries and concerns and anxieties as well. But we know God. And in the midst of our worries, and we have all these things just like everybody else does, we know that we can put them somewhere and God can put a guard, a sentry on duty on our mind and on our heart. And if you've never come to Christ, I want to encourage you, do it. Think about it. There's a great reason. But if you do know Jesus, my question to you is this. How's your heart? How's your heart? Is it full of worry? Is it full of anxiety? How's your heart? Is it full of fear? There are things you can do, and I hope this has been helpful for you. You can just declare every day that you're going to trust God. You can get ahead of the worry. You can decide to run after what God is doing today. You can run after lo loving people. And you can deposit your worries in a box called tomorrow. But there's another thing you can do. You can offer Him your heart. We often say we want to offer our heart to God. We want to surrender our heart to God. But I believe that God has spoken to me to say, but God doesn't just want our heart when it's in a good place. God wants our heart whatever place it's in. Because when we give him our heart, that's when he begins to move. So what we're going to do uh, this morning is I've asked Dan and the team, they're going to sing over you just for a few moments. And uh, this is an, a beautiful song called Here's My Heart, Lord. And uh, just while you're sat there and just while they, they sing this, while Dan sings this, I want you just to almost just let these words just wash over you, okay? And draw something out for you. And if this morning... You know that actually the condition of your heart isn't what you'd want it to be. And it isn't what you know Jesus would want it to be. And maybe there are some of these things or other things that are weighing heavy on your heart right now. Maybe you just want to say, hey God, I want to be honest this morning. 
Here's my heart. Here's my heart. Speak what is true. Speak what is true. And as we give him our heart, let's let him move. And by his spirit, he'll come. And the situation may not change, but something will change about our heart and about our mind as we learn to not worry about our life, but to trust in him who holds our life. guys were running through this song this morning I was just stood at the back praying and that line speak what is true really hit me and I thought about the fact that you know we, we, there's truth there's truth here you know whether you know it or not doesn't make it true there's truth and then knowledge is when you know about that truth and I think for many of us like God is love and, and, and I, I think I've shared from the Bible some truth and many of us know it and you've heard it and you believe it and there's truth and there's knowledge but there's something deeper there's revelation there's revelation there's like well, well that's true whether I believe it or not and then I know it now so I know it to be true but do I really believe it that's revelation only the Holy Spirit can give you that and I thought and I, and I felt as we were praying this morning that actually that's what God wanted to do for some of us this morning that some of us are, ang- are filled with anxiety, we're filled with worry. It's choking the life out of us. And we know that God cares for us and we know that God loves us. We've got the knowledge and we know the truth. But what we need is the revelation. What we need is the Holy Spirit to put that sentry on duty on our mind and on our heart. And so if that's you this morning, I want to pray for you, okay? And what I want to encourage you to do is just something very simple. Right where you're sat, I want you just to put your hand on your heart. And to say to God, God, here's my heart, and I want to pray for you. Okay, I want to pray for you. So if that's you, would you just do that this morning? Holy Spirit, I just ask you right now, would you move through this place? Holy Spirit, here's our heart. We give you our heart. Many of us have given you our heart many years ago. But God, we're not giving you our repentant heart right now. We've already done that, many of us. But God, we're giving you our worried heart. We're giving you our fearful heart, our anxious heart. And God, we're asking you, speak what is true. Not just to our mind, not just to our ears, but into our heart, into our spirit. Reveal Christ. Holy Spirit, you are the one who takes the things that belong to Jesus and brings them to us. Would you bring that spirit of revelation? God, where there's anxiety, would you bring peace? Where there's worry, would you bring calm? Jesus, I pray, Holy Spirit, right now, as we breathe, I pray that we breathe out worry, we breathe out anxiety, and we breathe in calm, and we breathe in peace. And God, I pray that as we leave this place, we will be people who declare our trust in you, who decide we're going to run after what you're doing, and who deposit our worries into a box called tomorrow. Holy Spirit, will you help us? Will you help us? This is a daily thing. Will you help us, not just now, but help us tomorrow? Holy Spirit, would you speak what is true in Jesus' name?